Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got an awesome guest today, my boy, David Marmon. Uh, we were on the offensive line together. We we're in the same trailer park, had the same major in school. Uh, he's had, he had a lot of costumes over the years. So right now what he's doing, he's a strength conditioning specialist for the 21st Special Tactics Squadron for the Air Force in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And before that, he had his own fitness business, Marmon Muscle. Uh, Joe Martin Fitness over here, Marmon Muscle over there. Very <laughs> creative name so he marvin muscle he trained youth high school college professional tactical special needs and recreational athletes he also strength conditioning coach for the 757 swim club during that time he also served on their board of directors uh, before that he was a college strength coach university of washington indiana state iowa william and mary maybe of a little school you've heard of university of miami in florida He's got a master's degree in kinesiology from Georgia Southern, where he served as a graduate assistant, strength conditioning coach. He's got a bachelor's degree from the Auburn University in health promotion. He's married to former Iowa Hawkeye standout, Britta Bogle, was back in the day, what she was called. They have two kids, Maddox and Bogle. You'll hear more about them later. But David, I just read a bunch of your stuff. Thanks for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. This is a blast. It's felt so weird calling you David. <laughs> you can call me you you can call me marmon <laughs> where my comfort zone is so yeah appreciate you coming on man let's uh, let's talk a little bit so uh, where'd you grow up so i grew up with you in huntsville alabama um let's see what was my path chaffee elementary whitesburg middle school grissom high school and then we went to auburn together uh and then i went to grad school georgia southern um but yeah, uh, enjoyed growing up in Huntsville, had a pretty uh, stellar childhood, you know, got involved in sports at a young age. I was a little fat kid and mom threw me into the sports that required no skill. They were just pretty much violent based sports like uh, football and wrestling. And, uh, and that's what I did, you know, all through my youth and through, uh, through high school. So well, yeah, as long as we lived in the same trailer park, unspeakable things happened in the trailer park. That's a whole other podcast. But let's kind of fast forward to there. So you're at William and Mary. And uh, so what happened? How did you get to William and Mary? So a lot of people have heard of that. People know exactly where it is. So how did you wind up there? Yeah, I'd never even heard of it before I uh, got hired there. I just finished my, um, my master's degree at Georgia Southern, and I was applying for full-time jobs. And uh, I think I got, I got two job offers. One was at San Jose State University, which in case you don't know, it's like the most expensive place on the planet. Um, um, and, and I think the salary they offered me was like $15,000 a year. So basically I would have been living be below the poverty line. And my other option was to go to the College of Women Mary. And so a little research, learn more about the school, the academic uh, prowess of the university and um, sort of the traditions of some of their athletic programs. So I ended up uh, going to the College of Women Mary, and that was my first full-time coaching position in college athletics and had a ton of responsibility. I probably worked 60, 70 hours a week there um, and just engulfed myself in my job. You know, I didn't, wasn't in any relationship at the time and just wanted to learn and, you know, develop my craft as much as I can, really apply the things I'd learned in school uh, with real life athletes. So it was a great experience. Cool. So you weren't in a relationship. So how do you, how do you meet the Britta? Yeah, great question. I was the, uh, the creepy strength coach that, uh, asked his former athlete out on a date. Um, 
so I left uh, the College of Women Married to take a job at the University of Iowa. And uh, Britta was a senior uh, soccer player when I arrived and then she graduated. And uh, we just stayed in touch. She would still come by the gym and work out from time to time, asked me to <clears throat> put together programs for her. And there's definitely something there, some chemistry. Um, and one night I just got the nerve to call her up and she was like, David who? And I was like, um, coach Marmon. She's like, oh, hey. And so I asked her if she wanted to go on a date and her excuse was that she had to study. So I instantly thought I had creeped her out. And I was like, that was a huge mistake. And then uh, a couple of days later, I got the text, hey, where'd you go? And uh, then there was a follow-up email and then the rest is history. We went on our first date, uh, December 16th, 2004. I think that's the right date. And uh, after the date, I called my mom and I said, mom, this is the woman I'm gonna marry. Unfortunately, I bothered her enough until she said yes. <laughs> Wear them now. That's right. Persistence. Yeah, persistence. That's it. So how do you get back to where you there at that area? So Britta was, she got into coaching as well. She was a women's soccer coach. Um, she was a graduate assistant at Indiana State. And at the time I was the head strength conditioning coach at Indiana State. And um, Indiana State was not a place where we wanted to stay long term. We spent, I think, three years there, but we were looking to get out. And I'm interviewed for a couple coaching jobs. It just didn't pan out. And then all of a sudden, they contacted me and said, hey, they're hiring an assistant women's soccer coach. You know, would Britta be interested? So Britta sent a resume. She went and crushed the interview. And we got hired up. And we moved back to Williamsburg, which was great because we had a ton of friends there and a good support system. So socially, it was an awesome uh, move. And it was a great career move for her at the time. You're not familiar with that area. It's a really cool area. So I'd never heard of it. So you moved over there. I really love that area. So that's cool. So eventually you start growing business. How was that decision to happen? Yeah, I think I just grew a little frustrated at the pace at which, um, you know, I was advancing in college athletics. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very like driven and impatient human being, and I was ready to move up the chain food chain faster than it was happening for me. And um, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a shot and be my own boss. And, hired a business coach who helped me put together a business plan. And I started off in an 800 square foot space. And I think I was 32 years old at the time. And when you're 32, you know everything, right? So I had it all figured out. <laughs> um, and in all seriousness, no, it was great. I was very passionate about what I did. And it was great to make an impact on our community. But we, we grew that business from an 800 square foot space in a corner to a 10,000 square foot space you know, several hundred members, and we even tried opening up a second location. So we had two locations at one point. But, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur was great. Being my own boss was a very enjoyable experience. Um, but, you know, just as you know, Joe, like it comes with a good deal of stress too. And sometimes bigger is not always better. And with growth comes more bills and stressors. And so uh, after about nine or 10 years of that, I was ready to move on to something else. More money, more problems. More problems, that's right. <laughs> so let's, let's fast forward to the start of the show. So eventually, little Max comes along. So tell me about leading up to the birth and everything that happened. In yeah, so uh, we went 
on a beach week trip. I don't know if you were at that beach week trip in the Outer Banks. I know you went to one of them, but um, I'm pretty sure on that little romantic getaways where beautiful young Maddox was conceived, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nine months later, um, uh, we gave, Britta gave be- uh, birth to a beautiful little girl. Um, unfortunately, like right uh, as she was born, they sort of whisked her away and they weren't really clear as what the problems were, but <clears throat> they came back in and informed us that she had multiple holes in her heart, a collapsed lung, and they had suspicion that she had trisomy 21, otherwise known as Down syndrome. And that was a really emotional experience uh, for us, uh, just finding out that news. I mean, I think everybody has this expectation of what the day your child is born is going to be like. And typically, you don't run that scenario through your head. At least we didn't. Um, so there was definitely a few moments there where, you know, we were both alone and just had to really like cry for a few minutes because we we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what expected. We knew very little about Down syndrome at the time. Um, I was very, very scared that she was not going to live um, because I literally got to see her for 30 seconds and then they put her in an ambulance and took her to the um, NICU at um, CHKD Hospital in Norfolk. And I'll be honest with you, I was scared to, to look at her because I was like, if she doesn't make it, I'm never going to be able to erase that image from my mind. But, uh, you know, Mama Bear was confident the whole time. She said she was never worried about Maddox not making it. But when we got to uh, CHKD, uh, they're miracle workers. I mean, like she bounced back in a matter of days. Um, the hole in her heart actually healed on its own. So she didn't require any sort of cardiac surgery. Um, her follow-up appointments ever since then have been great. And she's had no, um, you know, residual effects from that. Um, but while we were there that, you know, the doctors weren't saying anything about the, the trisomy 21. So we eventually brought it up. We said, Hey, the delivering physician had mentioned that, uh, he thought Maddox might have down syndrome. What do you guys think? And instantly all these doctors were like, no way. No, we don't think she has it. We don't think she has it. So there's this like glimmer of hope. We're like, oh, well, maybe our daughter doesn't have, you know, this uh, genetic um, um, disorder. Um, but we still asked them to run the tests. And in the back of our minds, we both knew that, that she had it. I mean, like, as soon as you find out you're Googling every sort of uh, characteristic of trisomy 21, trying to like look at your kid and see if they have it, whatnot. And the genetic test came back that she did have trisomy 21. And at that point, we, we had already accepted it, but we were both just dumbfounded at the doctor's inability to communicate. Like, that's great to think that she doesn't have it, but you probably shouldn't articulate that to parents until you actually have the test results. So that was a bit of a disappointment. But, you know, from my experience, doctors don't always have the best bedside manner when it comes to communication. But you know what? Uh, we started our journey. You know, the second we left the hospital to bring her home, we were there for 10 days and then we took her home and... A couple of days after that, we had uh, an organization called Child Development Resources and located in Williamsburg, had an occupational therapist, a speech pathologist, uh, physical therapist, all in our home, you know, working with Maddox, setting goals um, for with Britta and I about what, what our expectations and goals were for Maddox. 
and you know they worked with her until she was two and a half years old and transitioned her up to the point which she started preschool i mean they even had a, a program set up where they have a school bus in the parking lot and they teach the kids to get on the school bus and they drive them around the parking lot and then have them get off the school bus just so that first day of school they're not you know confused about what to do with the school bus but regardless long story short uh it, it was a great experience working with cdr and, and they really made our role as parents much easier because they educated us and just provided us with resources that typically we never we never would have had if we lived anywhere else so. those, i know you and Britt are very goal-driven goal-oriented people so with these goals were you like super <laughs> type a driven with these goals dramatics as well <clears throat> Our, our number one goal is that we wanted her to be able to communicate just because we feel like in the society we live in, like if you can't articulate ideas or, you know, process questions or have a conversation, like that's going to be really, really limiting. So we really wanted to put the majority of the effort into like her ability to, to speak and communicate and things like that. And we really, really lucked out because, um, you know, you know, Maddox uh, is, uh, I guess, I don't know what the, the right way to put it. She's, she doesn't have a lot of the typical characteristics of kids her age with Down syndrome. She definitely has some cognitive delays, but like her speech is really good. She makes eye contact very well. Um, she's got a few behavioral issues, but I think they're pretty typical for kids her age. So um, a lot of times people can't even tell that she has Down syndrome, um, unless obviously they're, they've been around folks with Down syndrome, then they can spot it pretty quick. Yeah. Mandy, let's think about this. So what is, what is a lot of, so that's one thing, what do people misunderstand about people with Down syndrome? You know, that's been, um, you know, our biggest role as parents have been to be advocates for, for Maddox, um, whether that's communicating with teachers and administrators at schools. Um, you know, we've, we've had to bring a lawyer with us to IEP meetings just to make sure that Maddox is getting um, the services that she's legally entitled to. Um, Britt has gone to her classrooms ever since she started school and educated the kids in the class about what Down syndrome was and how Maddox was different and how she was the same. Um, yeah, we've even had to educate our family because our family, you know, will say things from time to time that are somewhat ignorant just because they don't know any better and we've had to sort of educate them. Um, but, you know, uh, kids with Down syndrome are no different than um, regular kids. They're very, very different and their capabilities and personalities and limitations are all over the board. Um, but typically they have low muscle tone. So they're prone to more like, you know, musculoskeletal injuries or, you know, um, um, you know, lifestyle things like obesity, diabetes, type two diabetes, things of that nature. Um, obviously some cognitive delays with communication, reading, um, just understanding like processes and, and instructions. Um, they typically have almond shaped eyes. They have a rather large space between their big toe and their second toe. Um, the back of their head and neck tends to be a little flatter. So they, um, like Maddox had to have a, an X-ray of her cervical spine before she was cleared to participate in gymnastics. Like I said, we've been very, very blessed. I mean, like Maddox is incredibly muscular. Um, she's incredibly athletic. She's more athletic than her little brother is, <laughs> which drives him nuts. But, um, it, and, you know, it's amazing. We have a tutor that comes to the house now, a la COVID, 
and works with her. And the other day I watched her knock out 50 sight word flashcards in a row where just literally reading it off the card. And if she made a mistake, she would take time and sound out the word and then she would get it right. But uh, I mean, again, we're, we're privileged. We have access to resources that a lot of people don't have. And, you know, God bless us with an amazing little girl. And it's just been awesome to watch her grow up. So do you find that kids accept them right away, even quicker than adults? It, that's funny you say that. We're, Britt and I were talking about that in bed last night, how we, we know that her little brother knows there's something different about her, but he doesn't really... It, it, it's not important to him. You know what I mean? Like, I think one time we tried to talk to him about Down syndrome and like all he really does is like, remember Maddox has that thing, that thing you told me about, but uh, it, he doesn't care. You know, he's, she's just his sister and he likes to play with her. And, um, uh, and I think kids in the classroom for the most part, I think once they know why she's different, they are incredibly affectionate and supportive and like look after but like when kids don't know, they can tend to be mean, you know? So I feel like that's why Britta felt it was important to go into the classroom and do a little education with the, the kids because as soon as they found out like, oh, you know, she has Down syndrome. Okay, well, what does that mean? Does it hurt? Is it ever gonna go away? You know, they ask questions like that, but it, as soon as like Britta let them know, like she's pretty much just like you guys, you know, these are the things that you can help her with. The kids are awesome. And they like, if Maddox is on top of the slide, and the, the teacher blows the whistle and is like, all right, it's time to go inside. And she won't get off the slide. One of the other kids will go up there and get her to come down, get her lined up. So it's pretty awesome. Great. We should be more like that. So What's that? We should be more like that as adults. We oh, yeah, for sure. You're right. I mean, dude, I trust me. I think about all the time about how insensitive I was to kids that were different from me when I was in school and growing up. And, man, I just want to take that version of me and just shake the hell out of him and slap him around because you know I, I had an opportunity then where I could have really you know impacted and been friends and, and advocates for some of those kids that we grew up with in school and I didn't I made fun of them I made jokes I tried to make people laugh by you know commenting on them and you know really kick myself in the butt for that as an adult yeah, anyone's ever met someone with Down syndrome, they're the happiest, most cheerful people, loving people ever. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they'll never have the problems that we have, you know, the, the stresses and the worries and the things that we go through every day, they could care less, you know, they're just happy, they want hugs, they want kisses, they, you know, they want to play, they want to sing, they want to dance, they love music. I mean, it's, it's just really enjoyable to watch Maddox and, um, I actually have an, an adult friend named um, Jason, who I trained for several years, um, and then I ended up hire him, hiring him as an assistant coach back when I owned Marmon Muscle, and Jason just turned 40 the other day, so I called and talked to him and wished him a happy 40th birthday, but, uh, you know, I spent so much time with him, both from from a coaching standpoint, but then also, like, trying to be uh, a buddy, you know, I took him out and I let him drive my truck in the parking lot. He said he had never driven a car. I was like, well, you're going to learn today. So I got to you know, teach him how to drive and teach him how to exercise and, you know, teach him how to like uh, demonstrate things for a class full of athletes. And it was, uh, it's just a great friendship. And I, I miss not being close to him. Yeah. So overall, what's, what's your biggest challenge right now? Just as a parent, especially me too. 
What's my biggest challenge right now? Um, probably my child without special needs. <laughs> I mean, my son is way more challenging um, than my daughter is. And Maddox is super sweet and easy. I think right now it's just making sure that she doesn't take on any of her little brother's behavioral habits just because Bo's five and Maddox is eight and he has a temper and he gets angry and, you know, he has some personality traits that are not exactly something you want Maddox to be modeling. Yeah. So I think that, that's probably my biggest challenge is making sure that she stays sweet and loving and doesn't, her brother doesn't rub off on her. Uh, Bo sounds like this guy with college kids. <laughs> Bro, it's so scary sometimes. I look at him, I'm like, oh. I mean, like, he literally went from, like, throwing a fit uh, yesterday when we were with the rest of our family. He was throwing a fit one second. And then the second the family left and got in the car to go to the airport, he was bawling his eyes out. And I was like, oh, man, I know where he gets this from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. What inspires you right now? Just in general or as a parent, whatever you want. What's inspiring you these days? I think I'm to the point in my life where I get really inspired by other people's passions. You know, when I see anybody excited or ambitious or, you know, geeked up about whatever they get going on in their life, I, that gets me inspired. And I want to try to either figure out a way where I can help them or encourage them or mentor them or just be their cheerleader. You know, I mean, selfishly, like my family is such a high priority in my life. Like that my family inspires me every day to try to be, the best version of myself that I can be. Um, I'm certainly more focused on being a great dad and a great husband than I am being a great strength coach, um, where that was definitely different five, six years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly am inspired by other people's passions and dreams, and I just want to use my life experiences and, and, and tools to, to help them be the best they can do and make their, their passions come true. I love seeing people win. Don't you see people? Yeah, win? man. Gets me fired up. It really does. And it's yeah. to the point now where like I don't even I don't even need or want credit if I help somebody out. It always feels good when someone does say thank you, but like at the end of the day, it's like it's great to see people be successful. And I can't tell you how many young people that are in my Instagram feed or people that I used to coach that are just dominating now in whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's career-wise, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, whatever, it just makes my heart so happy to see them doing great things. And uh, and I'm just I'm just grateful I got to be a part of their journey. That's a good feeling, man. So uh, what are you curious about? What am I curious about? Uh, I'm curious about um, why they make uh, children's toys so difficult to unpackage and assemble. Like, why do we, why do we need to break out the tool set to take out a doll? And why are these Lego instructions written in hieroglyphics with numbers instead of actually a detailed explanation? That's, those are some things I'm curious about. Yeah, I don't have to have a screwdriver on Christmas. I tell you, I right? know. They got those sharp packages. Once you cut them open, you can, you can cut your jugular and die on Christmas opening the little doll. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Dolls at this rate, I don't get it. All right, so yeah. tell me about this. What's your favorite restaurant anywhere in the world? This is a, this is a non-COVID world. Okay. Anywhere you want to go in the world, and what do I need to go? What do I need to get? So let's start with your favorite restaurant. All right, there's a Mexican restaurant in Williamsburg, Virginia called La Terraza. Uh, 
My kids call it Lalo's because the owner there, his name is Lalo. He's big Lalo. And then his son or his nephew, whatever, his name is Lalo as well. So my kids call it Lalo's. Um, you definitely got to get the jumbo skinny margarita, but just one. Cause if you get two, you're going to be a mess. And then for dinner, um, I recommend the fajitas la terraza or the chicken mole. It's quite delicious as well. My wife will tell you uh, to get the, she'll say, get the um, tacos carnitas with cilantro and onion. That's what she likes. So. I thought you were going to say the pocket waffle from Tiger Time. Oh, gosh, man. No, don't go there. No, go there. So, all right. So if anyone's listening right now to do something to better the life of a special needs person, what, what could that be? What was something they could do? Just make, make their life a little bit better. Um, I, I would say just donate your time. And like by time, I mean, just like trying to develop a relationship with them, like learn more about them, learn more about <clears throat> like just challenge them to be um, the best ver best version of themselves. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to my relationship with Jason. I like I was a little nervous about taking him on as a client because I wasn't quite sure what he was capable of. And I realized really quick that he was more like everybody else than a, somebody with, with Down syndrome. Um, at times he was just lazy. It wasn't he physically or cognitively couldn't do what I was asking him to do. Sometimes he was just lazy and didn't want to work hard that day, you know? So, but I mean, in the beginning, I probably would have, uh, this is a processing issue. He just can't do it and I would have given up on him. But like, I was just persistent and I really challenged myself with like my delivery and my instruction and my exercise progressions. And then I realized like, man, this young guy can do a lot of cool stuff if you're patient and you put the time in, but that's the biggest thing. People don't want to give up their time. They don't want to invest time in something that doesn't provide them with a good return on investment. And what I can, what I can say is like, if you get to know someone with special needs, the return investment is returning your time investment is just the relationship that you, you will create and develop. And it's amazing. It's lifelong. You know, I mean, I, I miss my hugs with my boy, Jason and him telling me that he loves me and all that good stuff. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful that, that I have a, a daughter with special needs and that I get to enjoy that for the rest of my life. You know, I have a tattoo on my chest that says the lucky few, and it's sort of a, uh, um, a tagline or a campaign uh, that parents of kids with Down syndrome came up with and all these parents were getting out these tattoos and so I decided to get a bigger version of my chest but it's true man I'm I'm blessed and I am one of the lucky few that get to have a child with with Down syndrome That's and it's awesome. funny when you when you meet other parents and they they realize you know you have a child with with Down syndrome they'll honestly say like congratulations yeah like it, it's it's like an honor. It's nothing to be sorry about. Yeah, I remember Britta talking about how people would say, "I'm so sorry to hear your daughter." And I was like, "No, don't don't say you're sorry. This is how she was made. This is how we this is how we love her like that." So yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing. People they don't know what to say, so they just kind of. And people don't know what they don't know. And again, we didn't know. Like we were we were those people. We would have said that prior to having a child with special needs. So I really try not to judge. You know, I really just try to be patient and be an advocate, you know, like I work all day 
with people that use the R word. And I know they don't mean anything personal by it, but like every once in a while, I should be like, you know what, man, there's probably a better word that you could use other than the R word because it's, it's degrading, it's disrespectful. And I, all I can think of is like somebody making fun of my kid one day by saying that, you know, and, and I know that's not the context in which most people are using it, but I think we could all take the time and pause and come up with a different word other than the R word. Cause we don't use it in our house. We, we don't say stupid in our house. Stupid's not a word that we say in our house. So we've had to get really creative to come up with our, <laughs> our, our words that we want to use to describe somebody that's not uh, thinking, thinking too well that day. So, but again, it's, it's important. Yeah. I mean, I know it's been an inspiration watching you become the man you've had to be, be a father's part days. It's been an inspiration to me because we were both knuckleheads. We've seen that side. It's been great seeing you really mature and grow up and become this person that they can handle all of this I do. And I remember you told me this years ago, you said, God only gives you what you can handle. Yeah. And, and I, I true, I try to really embrace that, the, the idea that like God gave Britt and I Maddox for a reason. Yeah. You can handle it. Yeah. Okay. So, but I'll tell you, it's been an inspiration, man. And you guys, it's been a blessing. And I know you, you're living it. So it's just great, man. So keep up the good work. We gotta, we gotta end on a dad joke today. You know, we gotta go out on this one. So, you know, I hate people that take drugs. You know, like airport security. So that's a joke. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, good that's so, good stuff. So, um, keep up the good work. Because, like I said, you've educated me a lot on it. Um, I, with my football players, that's something I preach now. Hey, we don't, we don't say they are. Hey, yeah. Your phrase is the best. Hey, you can think of another word. Even if the cuss word, let's think of a better word. Yeah, exactly. I've done that and kind of pass that on. So you're, you're making a difference there, too. So, man, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, it's been awesome catching up. Yeah, Joe. Have a good night, man. Enjoy your time with your family, all right? Hey, thank you so much for tuning in that episode. I really appreciate you being here. I also really appreciate our sponsors. I'm very grateful for them to help us spread the word of positivity out there. So please go out and support them. Go fly on Breeze Airways. So I flew on them not too long ago. And I want to tell you a little bit more about them. So their tagline is seriously nice. Is that what your airline is? Most of them aren't these days. Check them out. What they do is they serve underserved markets like Huntsville, Alabama, where I am. You can hardly ever get a direct flight. But I got a direct flight to New Orleans from here, 52 minutes in the air. It was amazing. We did get delayed on the way there and coming back. But guess what? Every step of the way, they told us what was going on, why we were delayed, and they compensated us as well. And you're, what airline does that for you as well? So you need to check them out. They're combining technology and kindness. That's a pretty awesome way to do it, right? Go check out flybreeze.com. See if they're in your area. If not, you need to tell them to come here. Go nag them until they come to your area. You got to fly them. You got to check them out. Nice people flying nice people. That's what you want. Also, Apparel Lab. When you fly on Breeze Air, well, you need to be looking swanky in your t-shirts and your hats, all that. Whatever you need. They can put your face on them. We've done that for people. Go to apparelab.co, not.com.co. Check out their merch catalog. And if you need some ideas of what you can do, they've got some great examples right there. Go check them out. Use 
promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Go check that out. Also, go refinance your house or at least check out your numbers with my guy, Dominic Garver. His website is rocketcitymortgageguy.com or you can call him at 256-714-1429. So he recently just sold, saved a local veteran 10 years off his loan and also lowered his monthly payment. Hey, it's just worth the time to go check him out. Call him or go to his website. Let him run your numbers. He's not going to sell you on extra stuff. He's just going to try to help you out. Great dude. Go check him out. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Go out and support our sponsors. We really appreciate them. Have a great day.